Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good, Lord. You are so good. Amen. As our kids' church uh, is dismissed, we don't, they don't wait for me to dismiss them anymore. They just go. I think it's ages 2 to 6. Uh, and we started up our Sunday school again, uh, 9.30. If you want to be here for that, an extra time, we can gather together, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Sunday school for all ages. Amen. And so uh, we're excited for what God is doing and where he's going to take us. Amen. As we're standing, we can go to the word of the Lord today, the book of Mark, the fifth chapter, verse 25. A certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had as nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. She had heard of Jesus, came in and pressed behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, man, it just went right through him, right through his garment, felt it leaving his clothes. Amen. And uh, turned into the press, and he said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest, who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Amen. He, he knew it was a woman. Amen. And, uh, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what is done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. It's amazing. All you got to do is get close to Jesus. Just God, I want to get close to him today, don't you? Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, a, a Broken Nazarene. A Broken Nazarene. Turn to a few people, greet them in the name of the Lord Jesus as you're seated today. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is imprisoned lightning in her name. Her name, mother of exiles, from her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep, ancient lands, your storied pomp, cries she. With silent lips, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be, breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore, send these, the homeless and the temptest tossed to me, I lift up my lamp beside the golden door. This poem was written nearly 140 years ago. And it was written to raise money to help build the base for the Statue of Liberty. In 1903, this poem was mounted on a plaque at the base 
of the statue. And most people may recognize the last part of it where it says, Give me your tired and your poor and your huddled masses yearning to, to breathe free. As that has been the, the slogan and the welcoming message for America as the land of opportunity. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you have come from. If you can get to the shores, you have the freedom and the opportunity to make yourself a better life here in America. And there are countless, countless millions of stories of people who came to these shores with just the clothes on their backs and were able to make themselves a better life, whether it be more money or, or just a better life in general. There are people and even politicians out there today that say America is a horrible place, a horrible nation. And I, I'm not saying that we're perfect and that this nation has not made horrible decisions in its history. But if America is really as bad as they are trying to make it out to be, I always ask myself, why don't they leave? Why don't they go to find a better place if there is a better place in the world? And if we are such a terrible place, why do people risk their lives and leave their country and their homes behind and they line up in droves at our southern borders trying to get in, trying to cross over into America. If America is one of the worst countries in the world, then why are 200,000 immigrants flowing in each month across the border? Do they not know that this is a horrible place? Shouldn't somebody tell them out of love that, hey, you're wasting your time, you're, you're the safety of your family, you're coming to the wrong place because this place is not any good for you. But not that I pay really much attention to any other nations, but I don't think that 200,000 immigrants are trying to cross over the border of Russia or China. Or what about Canada where they have free health care? Why are people still, some 140 years after that poem was written, why are the tired still coming here? Why are the poor still coming here? Why are the huddled masses who are yearning to breathe free, why are they still trying to come here? I'll tell you why. Because there is some hope here in this country. There is a promise that you can be set free, free from your past and free from your failures and free from your mistakes. And so here in America, you can start a new life. And so people come because deep down, Inside the soul of man, the soul, the very soul of man is yearning to breathe free. Not just physically, but spiritually as well. As, as we are all born into a fallen world and with a fallen nature, our soul is yearning to breathe free. Free from bondage and free from corruption and free from the sin that is polluted in, in this world. And in, so, in search of this hope of liberty, man will traverse the world, the known world, 
looking for some kind of blessed hope or looking for this key or this peace or this possession that will unlock these chains of bondage in their life and release their soul. And where do they go? They go to social clubs or societies. They, they turn to drugs. Uh, maybe that's where it is. Or, or alcohol. Or, or maybe they turn to riches and, and money. Maybe that's where the secret is. Or, or power and possessions. And they pursue all of these things in hopes of relieving their soul that is yearning to breathe free. And what happens every single time? When these souls, these soul solutions are tried is they don't work. These things do not work as we have found out, as I can testify of my own uh, life. They don't work. And, and that void still remains empty down inside. Yeah, you may have more possessions in your life, but this still has not fixed the hole that's in your soul. And so what happens is we end up worse in a worse position, more in bondage than we were before, more hurting and, and more of a struggle. Look, even the world itself is groaning and yearning to be free. Romans 8.22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And so if all of creation is in the same predicament, if the whole world is groaning and travailing in pain together, wanting to be free, then how can someone who is groaning and travailing in pain as well, how can they turn to the world to seek deliverance from it? If the world is in pain and hurting, and I'm in pain and hurting, how can I go to the world for some kind of relief or for some deliverance? Because you can't fix a broken soul with something from a broken world. You can't fix a broken heart from a broken world. A corrupted world cannot fix a corrupted soul. The only hope for creation is to be delivered from its wretched state. It is for someone or something that is not of this world to come to the world and to save this world. Only an outside source has the power and the ability to fix and deliver something that is broken inside this world because we are all part of it and we can't fix it. We can't fix each other's problems or, or hurts. Only something from the outside can come in and fix it. The Bible tells us of such an event happening. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything that was made made. And so the Creator created everything. A created being cannot fix another created being. Creation cannot fix or redeem or set free creation from its problem because we're all in this together. Only the creator has the power to fix creation and fix our hurts and our pains and our brokenheartedness. And what do we see happening is that the creator himself comes to this world. 
John 1 and 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And what do we see happening all of a sudden is creation is starting to get fixed. Things are starting to happen. Miracles are starting to happen. And and wonders and signs are occurring when this man, Jesus, starts walking around on the earth. Blinded eyes start opening up. Uh, The lame now are starting to walk again. And the deaf begin to hear again. Even those who have died and left this world, all of a sudden, it's as if someone was able to reach out beyond this world. And grab a hold of their soul and bring it back to this earth. Bring it back to the present and now all of a sudden they're resurrected from the dead. Somebody that is part of this world cannot do that. Doesn't have the power and the ability to do that. And so let me tell you, creation cannot do that. But only the creator can do such a thing. And everywhere Jesus goes, all of a sudden these events started happening. Unexplained events, supernatural things start happening. Why? Because Jesus is more than a man. He is God. He is our creator. And he has power, all power over all of creation. And so if he wants to heal the brokenhearted, he can. If he wants to deliver the captives, I'm here to tell you, he can do that. Why? He has the power to do that. If he wants to open the blinded eyes, he can. Because Jesus is more than just a man. He is God, robed in the flesh. And so whatever you need today... I know that Jesus can meet your need, and so I, I can't meet your need. I can't fix your problem. The worship team can't sing a song that's going to magically fix your life. But Jesus Christ is here, and if he is here, he has the power to do it. He can touch your life and heal the ailments in your life and your body, the pain and sickness and disease. Jesus has the power to do that. And we saw him doing that in scripture as he was walking around this world ministering to others. Not only did Jesus do these miracles, but he also told people that he can and that he wants to do them. Now, if you hear the creator say that, that he is here to heal the brokenhearted, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, well, you, you, you get out of your seat and you go to wherever Jesus is. You go to wherever the voice is that is speaking and says, I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. Well, if you happen to have a broken heart, guess what? You don't sit there any longer. You go to find Jesus Christ and say, if you're healing people, I need to be healed. I need to be touched from you. I need to be delivered from you. That's what happens when you hear Jesus speak those things. And you would think... Right, that, well, you would think that's, that's what people would do. Well, what, watch what happens when Jesus says those very words. Luke 4 and 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, his hometown. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood and stood up for to read. Now, they, they had their, their having church and they had... Uh, their uh, 
the Word of God, and they had their, their, the notes and the schedule of what was going to be taught and, and spoken about and read that day. And, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So he just happened to say, I'm going to read, I want to read the, the text today. And Jesus walks in and says, let me read the text today. And it so happens it falls on this passage. Verse 18, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what he quoted. He quoted Isaiah, and he quoted that passage there in front of them, all those that came to church that day. Verse 20, he closed the book. He gave it to the minister. He said, okay, pastor, it's your turn now. And he went and sat down. And all the eyes of them that were in that synagogue followed Jesus. They followed him. Why? Because they felt something. They heard the voice of God speaking there in their midst. And they felt it was, it was more than what the preacher was saying. When those words were spoken, they felt something deep down in their soul. And they knew that there was something special about that man. They felt their hair tingling on the back of their necks when he spoken. And there he was. All eyes were now watching on Jesus Christ because what in the world is going on? I feel a little different in here. It felt different when he started speaking to those words, I know, I know what the routine was, the routine service, but all of a sudden, I felt a bolt of lightning hit my soul when this man started speaking those words. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes. This day, you are the lucky crowd that got to hear those words spoken. And this day, as these scriptures fulfill, you know what he quoted? He said, I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. It's fulfilled today in your lives. And so I wonder what Jesus was waiting for them to do. Were they going to uh, re respond to the word of God? Were they going to respond to the invitation? Because to me, it sounds like an invitation. It sounds like a healing service that, hey, Jesus is there. He's anointed. He's ready to heal and to set free and to preach uh, the acceptable year of the Lord. And, and can you imagine that setting that all eyes were fastened on Jesus? Because something happened when he spoke those words. And those words came alive that day. Something was different when Jesus spoke those words compared to the minister. Because when creation speaks words, it has a little bit of effect, a, a little effect. But when the creator all of a sudden speaks those very words, you got to be careful. Because uh, a time ago, not too long ago, that same voice spoke words like, let there be light. That same voice said, hey, let the waters and the heavens separate. And it was so. Let the dry land appear and continents rose out from the depths of the sea. And here this day, he says, I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. 
I'm here to deliver the captives. I'm here to open the blinded eyes. I'm here to set free those that are hurting and those that are yearning to be free. Revelation came down in that room and light radiated from the body of Jesus and the the hairs on the back of everyone's neck stood at attention. Why? Because when the Creator spoke those very words in their presence, all of a sudden the atmosphere shifted and changed. All eyes were fixed on Him. Not a word was spoken. Their eyes followed Him. Back to his, their, his seat. Why? Because their, their souls just got a breath of fresh air. Their souls, you can, you can give all the greatest speeches you want, but if your soul is not moved, it's not going to have an impact on you. All the creator did was just speak a few words, and all of a sudden people started feeling the life-giving force come into their lives and surround the room, and the Spirit of God began to come down in that place. The tired and the huddled masses began to stood at attention. Hanging on to every word proceeding out of that man's mouth. And, and for a mere moment, the, the amount of faith that was in that room, the, the amount of miracles that was present and ready to be released in that room because Jesus says, now today this is going to be fulfilled right in front of your eyes. That church service was on high alert. It was on high alert. Everyone was standing around like, what is going to happen here? I feel something. I feel a trembling. I feel a power from another world had stepped into this room and spoke. What in the world is going to happen? All eyes are fixed on Jesus Christ. What is going to happen? What is going to happen in this place? So there they were, a standstill. Jesus went back and sat down, and everyone was just watching. What is he going to do? What is he going to do? He just declared that I am here. I am your Messiah. I, it's me. I'm here. Your, your creator is here. And whatever need that you have, I am ready to take care of it. And so what, what are you going to do about it? I've, I've, I presented myself and my plan and my desire to you today in the synagogue. And so what do you say now? And the next move was on the people. The words that they say is going to determine what's going to happen next. Is it, are the windows going to blow off and there's going to be a massive outpouring of the Holy Ghost in there and healings and miracles and, and all kinds of crazy things happen? Because I, I believe that they're right there waiting because Jesus was speaking those very words. And so what do the people respond? What is their response now? Luke 4.22, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. They were, they were, they were hung. They were, they were there. They, what was going on? They were paralyzed with all this. And then they said, is not this Joseph's son? Is not this Joseph's son? You realize what they had just said. 
isn't he Joseph's son? Isn't he just like us? There's nothing really special about him. He's just another man. He's just another created being like you and I. And with, with words like that, immediately I think that all the miracles that were hanging in the balance kind of disappeared because they weren't seeing Jesus for who he really was. They were just focusing on his, his flesh and his family heritage as if he's just another person. Isn't that Joseph's son? What's he doing reading? What's he doing reading the scripture? He's a carpenter. And so poof, it's gone. Because they saw him as just another being, another fallen human, another created being. And, and if that's the case then, then creation can't fix creation. The hurting can't give a healing and the broken hearted can't bind up the devils. And so it's because of this thinking that these very people missed out on what God wanted to do there in that moment and that service. And what's even more baffling is they actually kicked Jesus out of the synagogue. After that moment when they know their souls knew, their soul connected with their creator and they knew there was something special. But yet then they just say, that Joseph's son, they, they start playing it off and writing it off and say, eh, there's nothing special about him. And, and so what do they do? They, they kick Jesus out of the church service. They drag him out of the city. And they try to throw him off a cliff and kill him. Luke 4, 28. And they, all they in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with wrath rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him under the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, and they might cast him down head first. They were getting rid of, of Jesus. And so uh, uh, let me tell you, what you think about the service today, what you think about the service today or any day is going to have a great impact on what can happen to you. Or what will not happen to you. And if you just view Jesus as just another human being, there's no power there for you. But if you view him as the creator, as God came down to this earth, manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached among the Gentiles. If that is who Jesus is, then he has the power to heal. He has the power to set free. He has the power to heal the brokenhearted. Why? Because I see him for who he really really is. And so what you think about him will determine what's going to happen in your life. If Sunday is all about going through the motions and the usual routine, then what do you think you're going to get out of a service? But if you view Sunday with an expectation that, oh, I haven't been there yet, but I'm believing that if Jesus shows up, guess what? He transforms the atmosphere. Now all of a sudden it's not just an empty building. Now Jesus Christ is there and anything can happen. All things are possible as long as Jesus is there and I'm coming with an expectation that God's going to do something. If something is going to happen, then I want to be sure to be there. That's the way that we should view services. Hey, I don't know what God's going to do today, but I'm going to make sure I get there, I'll be on time. I'm going to get there early and pray and prepare my heart because who knows what God wants to do that day. All Jesus needed 
that day in the synagogue, all he needed was one person to say, I believe, Lord. I believe the words that you have spoken. I feel the faith and the, the power of your spirit in this place. Uh, I believe, Lord. I, I, I believe you're, you are the Messiah. You are the, my creator. Uh, can you imagine what would have happened had somebody just said, Oh, God, touch me, Jesus. Uh, my heart is broken, and you are going to heal the brokenhearted. God, touch me, Jesus. Maybe Jesus still would have been kicked out, but at least there would have been somebody said, he touched me. He touched me, and I felt the power of God flow into my body, and my sickness is gone, and, and I've been delivered in my life, and the hold the devil had on me, he ain't got no more. Why? Because Jesus touched me, and I felt the power flow through my body and healed my, my sickness. Because Jesus isn't just the son of Joseph. But he's the only begotten son. He was in the beginning with God, and he is God, and all things were made by him. And so he is God manifested in the flesh. And he alone has power over this world. He has the power to heal, the power to restore. He has the power to over my sickness. And that's all it takes is just a little bit of faith to say, Lord, I believe. I believe your word. I believe what you're saying. I believe what you're preaching. While no one was documented to have received a healing or a miracle that day in Nazareth, we're not told anybody was healed. I can imagine. I mean, they kicked him out trying to kill him. How's anybody going to get healed in a, in a service like that when you're filled with wrath against the Almighty? But there are plenty of other towns, plenty of other towns, plenty of other stories where people were healed, where people were delivered and they were set free and they were, uh, the demons were cast out of them. And, and in fact, the Bible says that whole entire towns were healed, that every sick person that was in the town was healed from their sickness. And whatever ailments were there, they were gone once the word of God showed up. And even the most feared disease of the day was leprosy. Even lepers were healed and made whole. See, it didn't matter what you had. Uh, once you came in contact with the power from another world, it was all over. Once Jesus Christ showed up in your town, in your midst, any, any problems you had, if you ran to him believing that he can heal you, they would be healed. You would be set free and you would be delivered all because of who Jesus is. Musicians, if you would come. Our text tells us of a woman who yearned to be free. She yearned to be free. She was broken by her sickness. And she was poor because she spent all the money she had on physicians to see if they could heal her and, and restore her. But I think that she came to realize is this, that they're just creation like me. They're just other humans like me. They don't have the power to heal my, my, my ailment or my sickness. And broken, corrupted creation 
can't heal somebody who is broken and corrupted. And sadly, this world uh, took everything that she had before she realized it. It's kind of like, kind of like sin. It takes everything you have and it just leaves you there, leaves you on the side of the road, beaten and, and left for 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 the dogs. Uh, take everything you have, but be, 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 she she realized there came a day when she heard that Jesus was going to be coming to her town. And, and my goodness, the, the creator is, is going to pass by my town. And I know that he has the power to heal me. I, I know it. I, I know because he is not from this world. He is from uh, another world. And I, I know the spirit of the Lord is upon him and has sent him to bind up the brokenhearted. I, I know that. I've heard that those scriptures in church. And I know that scripture to be true. The only thing better would be to actually be there in the room when Jesus stood up and read that beautiful passage. I wasn't there, but I heard. I wasn't there, but I know what the word says, and I can only imagine it had I been there in that room when Jesus spoke those words. What a day that must have been for those, those Nazarenes. They were so lucky to hear the word of God being preached right in their midst. I, I can't imagine what it was like for them to be in a church service with Jesus Christ uh, uh, all the time, all the time being in the presence of God. I mean, that's where he grew up. That's where he lived. Oh, to be a Nazarene, to be that close to Jesus. I don't have that benefit because I'm not a I'm not a Nazarene, but I just have a short time with God. All I have is but a moment because He's passing by, and and if that's all the time that I have with Jesus, I'm going to reach forward and I'm going to grab a hold with everything that I got because He's going to go and pass by because others need Him as well. Others need to be touched and and delivered from their situation, and so uh, I'm not as lucky as a Nazarene who gets to be there with Him. But uh, at least for the moment, He's passing through my town, and and my soul desires to to reconnect with my creator and I know this I don't have to be in his presence for very long all it takes is a moment all it takes is is one second and I believe everything will be well and and the spirit of God that that moved upon the face of the deep and and, and this is the result of it the the world that we know is because the spirit of God started moving and all I need to do is to get close to his presence. And that healing power and the restoring power is going to reach me wherever I'm at. I know that. I don't even need to touch his body because I'm not even worthy to touch his body. But if I can maybe just touch his clothes. If I can just brush his sleeve or, or the hem of his garment, that's... That's close enough for me. That's that's close for me. My God, that's enough for me. And being that close to my creator, I believe that I will be healed. And so it was that all she did was touch his garment. And Jesus stopped the crowd. 
And he said, who touched me? Who touched me? I felt virtue leaving my body. And his disciples said, Lord, you're, you're surrounded by people. There's hundreds of us. Yeah. But somebody saw me for who I really am. Somebody saw me for who I really am. And somebody knew that I had access to power to heal and to deliver and to set free. And their soul reached out and grabbed a hold of me and touched me and, and connected with me again. The Bible says that she was immediately healed of her sickness just by touching his garment. It wasn't the garment that did anything. It wouldn't even matter if she touched his physical body or not. But it was her faith and her perception of Jesus. I know he's God. I know he's God. And if he's God, then he has the power to heal anything in my life. Because he's not from this world. He's not fallen. He's not broken like I am. But he is perfect in, in holiness and righteousness. And whatever he speaks, it's done. His word goes forth and is accomplished uh, what it is sent to do. It does not return void. And so her, her faith uh, in reaching out to Jesus, that's what did it for her. You stand with me today. Of all the stories we've heard in scripture of all the healings and the miracles that Jesus did those accounts only represent such a small amount of all the miracles that Jesus actually did I mean we you start documenting everything and you're like man he's, Jesus was tearing the place up but that's only a small amount of what we're even told of what happened. Because John, who was with him, John 21, 25, there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they had, should be written every single one. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written about all those things world can't contain everything that Jesus did. Everyone that wanted to be healed got healed. Everyone who wanted to be delivered was delivered. The brokenhearted and the blind and the lame and the countless and countless of healings that took place. Everywhere Jesus went, something supernatural happened. Everywhere except Nazareth. Oh, to be a, a broken Nazarene where you just literally kicked out your only help. You tried to kill the, the only relief that you had. The Nazarenes are, are, are sick and afflicted, but where do they go? All the other cities around them are being healed and delivered and set free, but Nazareth, to be a broken Nazarene, where's your hope now? Where do you go? If you're a hurting Nazarene or you're a blind Nazarene, where do you go? Jesus was there and the stage was set. He gave that town the opportunity. But what did they do? They wrote him off. 
They kicked out the creator of their town, kicked him out. Out of their lives, out of their homes. And so who else are you going to turn to, Nazarenes? There's nobody else. Nobody can do what Jesus can do. And so just as our Statue of Liberty says, bring me your poor, your hurting, and the huddled masses, those that are yearning to breathe free, give them to me and come to me because there is opportunity here. Jesus said the same thing. He's saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are of heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, the invitation still goes out that was went out thousands of years ago that if you need something in your life, you need to go to Jesus Christ. But before you step out in faith, you need to look, you need to realize who he is. Does he have the power to heal you? Does he have the power to set you free? Does he have the power to open the blinded eyes or to, or to heal the sickness in your life? Does Jesus have the power to heal cancer and any kind of other horrible disease? I believe that he does. I believe that he does because he is a creator. And so I want to open up these altars today to anyone who needs something from Jesus because he is here today. And he wants to meet your need. Just come, step out in faith. Bring your problems. Bring your hurts. Bring your ailments. Bring your sickness because Jesus is here and he can deliver them from you. He can heal your body. The healing virtue can flow today. But will you step out? Will you bring your faith? Will you bring your pain and say, God, here I am. I have nowhere else to go, Jesus. I've already went to the doctors and they can't do anything. But I'm bringing it to you today. Will you come? Will you come and surrender your heart to him today? Will you come and repent of your sins and tell God you're sorry? Hallelujah. If you haven't been baptized, you're going to get baptized in Jesus' name today. Come on, let's worship him. Don't be a broken Nazarene and leave without any help. His spirit is here What is it you need from God? Well, he can meet every need today. Mountains Release move. our faith in this place today. Miracles can happen today. Jesus is here. When I speak I your Lord, don't just go through the motions, but pour your heart out today. Hallelujah, Jesus. It has no hold on me. Let's worship him together.
Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Every sickness is going to bow. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you the praise and the glory. Hallelujah. There is none like you, Jesus. There is none like you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We don't ever want to be like those Nazarenes that missed out on a, a mighty, powerful opportunity to get a hold of Jesus and to see him work in our lives. Every time we come here, every time we gather together, where two or three are gathered, Jesus shows up and he can do anything. You could have a healing service in your home and no pastor's not even there. Why? Jesus is there. That's all you need in your life is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he can touch your life and deliver and bring you out. Amen. So we're going to call upon his name for everything. This world doesn't have our answers. They can't fix our problems because they're broken as well. Only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today. Thank you so much for coming. Amen. Remember, we have bread. If you want to grab some bread on your way out. Amen. God bless. In Jesus' name.